You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. The hardest part about going anywhere is coming back. Because you were in Calgary. I was in Calgary for a wedding. A relative or No, friend. friend. Okay. Actually, someone who we've had on the show before, Ben oh. Charland. Oh, he got married. He got married. Congratulations, Ben. Uh, so, yeah, I was at his wedding. Uh, great time, but about 11 hours of travel getting back. And did you just get back today? No, I got back last night at about midnight. Ugh. But, you know. It's long. It is. It's Travel uh, days are always kind of not great. Yeah, and, you know, it's... I've never been on a plane before. Really? So I now I've been on four in a 48-hour period. <laughs> <laughs> and you're all planed out. Yeah, you're I'm done. I'm, I'm you know what? good. I've been on a plane. I didn't much care for it. Do you have a passport? Uh, I did. I had to get it renewed. It's still in the process of being renewed. Like so I should have it. What did you fly with? Now. Oh, just uh, I just ID because it's domestic. Okay. So just so long as you have any sort of identification, you can fly domestic. You don't need a passport. There you go. So. So why do you even bother with a passport? Well, because I, I might want to go places. One day. Yeah. I like the States. I've been a few times. Okay. Mm. But always driving. Usually, yeah. Like New York City, Vermont, places yeah, that close are... close by. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to fly into. The furthest I'd ever been away from home would be I went to Halifax for a theater festival and we all drove there like right. in one car. Yeah. Did this two-week theater festival and came back. So now Calgary's You Calgary don't have your license either. No. So <laughs> you're really... Homebound. I have no. I've never had a reason to go anywhere. I do now. Kingston's a great city. Eh, it's fine. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I've been been here long enough. Um, You you know, I'm I'm more itching to 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 do things now. But I think when you're a teen, as much as people still argue this with me, when you're a teenager and you're in your early twenties, I'm sorry, you don't know what you're doing. You're kind of stupid. So I'd rather travel and do things now when I'm smarter. You can fully appreciate it. I can appreciate it. it. I can go to things and enjoy it. I cannot get too overtired or too, you know, whatever. Like I can go with the flow more. Exactly. (laughs) I can go with the flow more and be, you know, better. So I actually much prefer traveling now. As an adult. Yeah. No, that's fair. I wouldn't want to have gone to Calgary in my early 20s. Yeah. I would have done nothing. (laughs) <laughs> like oh calgary yeah, right. calgary like whatever it's just another city which i mean it is but it's also you know it's different there's different things out there so, so wedding was good city was good wedding was good city was good didn't see any movies because you know life um happens but it's been two weeks of no movies so now i'm gonna be back good because i might not be able to see a movie next weekend well there you so. go <laughs> so we'll just pass it off it all works out <laughs> it is the nearing the end of the summer i feel like this is the this is the real slog for me like i in terms of seeing new movies yeah because even though january and february are the slowest months and they're the worst months of the year and everyone agrees with that there are some things within there that are always cool like there's always a gem movie and mm-hmm. there's always the movies people just dump off there and you, there's the rush to see things before the oscars right so i feel like there's things to do but right now i think is worse because there's barely anything coming out. There's a few movies, but not much because it's near the end of summer. And the it's not until September. The Good Boys was the lead in the, the box good office Yeah, w- and that was it. Like there wasn't really anything else. Like yeah. it's just one movie per week that opens mm-hmm. now as opposed to a few options. So you can do some catch up. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to catch up on things. I'm going to. Cool. But again, knowing me, 
probably throw on Netflix more often than not and rewatch the same three or four things. Well, you have to see a movie to review. Yes, I know. <laughs> and I will. I'll go to see a movie. That will be, I will see one this week to review whatever that may be. We don't even know Loose. yet. We'll see. We'll Loose. see. Um, so what do, we, what do we have this week? We've got The Art, the art of Self-Defense. Yeah, the new Jesse Eisenberg. The new Jesse Eisenberg film. Uh, so you've you've got a review for us for that. We've yeah. got some headlines. Yep. Uh, we've got some questions, but Taylor pointed this out to me, and we'll let everyone else know we might be stretching it for content this this hour. Just a little bit, you know. We both were very busy. We're very and, busy people. Um, having very busy times. I think you know after I'm getting ready to move and. The def- I'm defending this. You're defending week this week. Yeah, you're defending this week. And that as much as I love movies, there's just not enough hours nope. in the day. There really isn't. This yeah, time and around. so you've got you're defending, you're moving, you started a new job. Like there's a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have anything to do, but I like to distract myself, so I get very busy very fast. So, so there, there you go. go. Isn't this weekend also coming up a long weekend? Because it's Labor Day. No, that's the following weekend. Ah, the following but I do. Um, I have a friend visiting from out of town this weekend to say goodbye to my house. Long weekends are usually rough because yeah, like what I probably is, yeah, I won't be able to review next. And what always happens weekend. is, is you tell me that, and <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll figure out something. It'll be big and epic, and then I forget. Enjoy my long weekend. Get to Tuesday and go. Oh no, oh, what no. do I do? That's why two weeks ago wow. I sat there by myself for an hour and talked to talk. Well, now <laughs> you have lots of time to prepare. Yes. Probably can't do this. I'll be on the show next week. I just but the might week not. After you I might just know. might not be yeah. reviewing. And yeah. then the week after, I probably will not be available. Yeah, I we'll, will be moving house. We'll f- uh, yeah, you know what? I will. F- you know, I. It's been a while since we've had a guest, so maybe I'll find someone. You can do like a movie roundup at yeah. the end of the summer or yeah. something. Yeah, and there's a couple – there's been a couple things in my mind that I've thought of that I've wanted to talk about topic-wise, like we've done with the special mm-hmm. interest things like Star Trek and stuff. I'm sure there's a couple more of those I'm thinking of if I can find people who are equal fans to that. That might be kind of a cool thing. And we'll think about it. We'll see. We've got time. We, there's lots of time. Um, but for today, we do have um, kind of a long fan – statement comment comment more so than a question from from tyler uh our star trek correspondent so he writes hello mike and taylor i'd like to start off by saying that i really enjoyed taylor's review of the farewell thank you like taylor's situation my grandmother the matriarch of our immigrant scottish family has spent the last half decade plagued with dementia and it has been very hard to watch the mental decline of this person who once selfishly strolled across the Atlantic for her new family's sake. My nan is an amazing person who's lived an amazing life, even if she can't remember it. And while I don't know Taylor's grandmother, the mixture of awe, respect, and melancholic nostalgia in her voice is all too familiar to me. If the farewell can capture the same mixture, I am very much interested to see it. I'd like to end by saying that this week will be the last time I hear you from a Kingstonian podcast Ooh. while being in Kingston. From here, I will be listening from afar, wistfully enjoying your conversations about life, the universe, and everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> giving a westerly shake of the head as you continue to disrespect modern classics like Her Smell and The Dead Don't Die, <laughs> and sending off vibes of approval as you question the validity of musical theater tropes and cinema, call out ScarJo for her ridiculous <laughs> take on what she can and cannot do and provide and provide the world with answers to the most pressing question what's going on with jesse smollett sincerely trevor the star trek fan because i think i called call him trevor, trevor last week, week. 
Well, thank you, Tyler. Um, yeah, Tyler did let me know uh, a few weeks ago when we did a quick Star Trek chat um, that he's heading out of town, but will be listening to us from afar because we are a podcast, so you can get us anywhere. Yeah, he's on to greener pastures. Yeah. And... But uh, I did mention this to him, and so everyone knows if there's Star Trek news, we'll get him on the phone. Yep, get him on the horn. Yeah, he will He will call in. He is still our Star Trek correspondent. I mean, we have a Star Trek correspondent. We have the technology. We have a TIFF correspondent. Yes. They're, they're in different places than us now. It's good. It's great. Sp- spreading the wings of the show. Beautiful um, send-off yes. for Tyler. Very that nice. was a very yeah. nice – he had nice words for us. And I think, you know, he did a great job in the Star Trek episode. We had a lot of fun with it. Uh, he knows his stuff, seems to love all movies, disagrees yeah. with us on a couple of things. Which we like. Yeah, that's great. It's really good. He yeah. really liked her smell. <laughs> I remember that. And he really liked the dead don't die. Yikes. I didn't like either. Yeah, neither <laughs> so, did I. <laughs> so, so, you know, we have different It's different good to have the balance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you, Tyler. And yes, don't worry. Um, we will call on you again. And feel free to send in your questions from afar. Because even though things are just, you know, we talk about things playing here, it doesn't mean they're not playing elsewhere. No. And you can find them. And we wish you all the best of luck. Yes. And if, if there's one person who listens that I know will find a small independent theater to go to. It's probably Tyler. Like I, oh, I feel yeah. like he, wherever he's going, he's going to find some small theater to, to gravitate towards and see a bunch of indie films. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Tyler. Uh, that, that was our only comment or question this week. Um, after two weeks of just a barrage of questions, everyone, everyone hates us a now. Break. Um, so if you, if you're interested in, in sending in your questions, remember to email us at screening at gmail.com or find us on social media, comment, say something, whatever. It doesn't even really matter. It doesn't have to be a question. Um, we'll, we will read it off. With that in mind, someone did comment on Twitter about the new release date for Disney Plus. So, oh, I saw that today. So Robert, who's a, f- a listener of the show, who's done s- sent some stuff over Twitter before, you, mainly just news for us to talk mm-hmm. about, and we've often talked about topics. Uh, says that uh, Disney Plus is coming to Canada on November twelfth for eight ninety nine per month. So we finally have a price point and oh, a date I saw that's coming. Fifteen dollars a month. Eight eight ninety nine. So eight ninety nine is probably the basic, right? Just like everything, it's probably going to scale. Like you right. get Disney Plus with eight ninety nine, and then you get like because there's one Hulu, with Hulu and ESPN. It's probably that's the fifteen. Yeah. Right. You get ESPN. You get Hulu. You get Disney Plus, and it's fifteen. Which like we haven't been able to get Hulu in Canada, so it's almost worth getting Disney uh, frankly, Plus. Fifteen dollars a month is not. And even if you have, like, the upper scale of Netflix, that's still only $30 a month, like, way less than a yeah. cable subscription. And I will say, like, I have the up, I have the highest level of Crave, and it's $22 a month, and I've still, every time I thought it was money well spent. Because you get new content, too. Like, you get shows that are on, like, I don't have to get CBS All Access to watch that terrible Star Trek show, because yeah. it comes on Crave. So, it's just, Crave has this good deal with groups. So. Crave seems, like, very robust. Like, yeah. a good... Mm-hmm. Good new, mix. New new shows all the time. Lots of great movies because I that's why I wanted to pay is I wanted to get movies mm-hmm. on there. So they got lots of great movies as well. But Disney Plus is I mean it's going to have so much stuff and Marvel and stuff. So I'm getting it for sure. Probably the expanded <laughs> package. Yeah. You know we plug streaming platforms an awful lot. Where is our? Welcome to 2019. We need to, we need to get a, a a patron. One of these platforms. Stuff yeah, absolutely. With the amount of free press yeah. we give, we give a lot of free press to, to streaming services. I'm always defending Netflix in the headlines. Yeah, and and frankly, you know, it's great. I that's the thing though. I feel like you and I embody what we talk about all the time. We we do both. Yeah, you can go to a movie and still have streaming services, and those two things not interfere with each other. Oh, 100. Right? Like it doesn't so. it doesn't matter. We'll do both. 
So there you go. That's our that's our fan questions this week. Definitely contribute um, if you're interested in talking to us about the movies we see or anything else. Um, but let's dive into the movie review. Um, I sense your tone. This isn't going to be particularly positive. So here we go. The the art of self defense. How was that? Disclaimer: I really don't like Jesse Eisenberg. Okay. Like he just rubs me the wrong way. What is it about him you don't like? I don't know. He always seems to be kind of playing the same <laughs> yeah. person. Yeah, kind of like in the way Michael Sarah always kind of plays the same person. Mm-hmm. But at least Michael Sarah is like funny. Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg isn't funny. Yeah. Um, so I hadn't seen any promotion for this film whatsoever. Um, I went because it was the film that was opening up mm-hmm. at the screening room. I know and, nothing about this yeah, movie. Hadn't seen the screening room's pretty good about showing um trailers and mm-hmm. kind of a mix of trailers. Hadn't seen a trailer for it at the screening room, haven't seen any buzz on social media. So um I really I I Googled it because I had no I didn't even know what it was about. Mm. So Jesse Eisenberg stars as this sort of really meek and quite frankly effeminate um sort of tax he does like auditing at a business so like um the way he played it was almost like and forgive me if this sounds ignorant or insensitive but it he almost played it what i would assume was a character a caricature of someone with autism oh um and i don't know if like he walks like very rigid his hands are always clenched he has absolutely no social cue so like in my mind it's like a stereotype of what you would think someone with like asperger's but that wasn't part of the plot they never mentioned that he has a disability um so right off the bat i was kind of like what's uh, going on yeah yeah, like i you know it's it's important to see people of all kinds of backgrounds but like the fact that to me it felt very stereotypical and and the fact that there was nothing in there like even if like there this is based on some story where that for whatever reason but that you shouldn't have to read something in order to get something yeah like i didn't do that should be part of it i didn't go onto wikipedia i actually meant to but i was just swamped this weekend i wanted to see if like the wikipedia was like says anything you know like young man with asperger's so um right off the bat you know like he just does not have sort of what we would consider traditional social um cues and very early on in the movie he suffers a very horrific beating that puts him in the hospital which is another thing that like oh if you're kind of playing him as if he's developmentally or you know if you're playing Mm -hmm. him sort of that he has a disability and then to have him beaten up and end up in the hospital like in the first 10 minutes of the movie it's kind of like uh and you'd also what think year is this? you'd also think that if they were trying to say something and if that was like they, that would be brought up in some capacity like again not to you don't have to you know people are who they are you don't have to bring up everything and be defined by it but but if you're doing something that obvious where yeah. this is the way he's behaving and it seems that way why wouldn't that be if that is part of it unless he was literally so just doing that the, character for whatever reason the movie itself is so I'm trying to, I'm kind of getting my ahead of myself, but essentially, so he ends up in the hospital, mm-hmm. horrifically beaten. This is like a very traumatic event for yeah, him. Yeah. And so 
by kind of circumstance, he walks past a karate studio and enrolls in karate classes. And the movie becomes sort of um, a comment on toxic masculinity. So the movie itself is considered sort of a a dark comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, So you are supposed to, there's parts where it's very evident that you're supposed to laugh. We're not operating in sort of a real world scenario like you know like gotcha it's, it's not fantasy but it also isn't sure realistic like things happen on the phone like the phone message goes he like checks his phone messages and then the woman on the phone goes no one else has called you you only have one mess like the you know what right, I mean? like, right, right, that would right. never happen in real life yeah. but it's not like yeah it's like i don't know the word to describe it it's not fantasy but it's like almost hyper realism or like we're operating in the real world, but it's not quite the real world. Right. Um, yeah, okay. Like, that makes um, sense, yeah. So, and then you kind of, the the karate master, the sensei, is just um, a complete, you know, blowhard. Like, exa- like, what you would expect, like, the worst type of guy to be. Like, he's like, if you want to be the man you want to be, you have to listen to heavy metal and you have to change your name because Casey's too feminine and blah, blah, mm. blah, blah. So the movie itself is about... You know, they're making fun of that hyper-masculinity, that toxic masculinity, which, again, what I found problematic is if you're kind of presenting this, like, if you're you're using sort of someone with a disability as, like, the example, the counter to the toxic masculinity. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. By, like, making him, like, seem like he's effeminate and, like, he can't talk to women. Like, I don't know. Like, it just didn't sit right with me yeah, like using that's fair. That's fair. you know using him as a yeah so i don't know i don't that's know so strange because i haven't even heard anything hugely negative or po- i've heard literally nothing about this it movie. may like, have just, it has a fairly good i think on raw tomatoes and always take raw tomatoes with a grain of salt yeah. but it's a it's it's an okay barometer sure. you know what i mean if we're just kind of entering into something it has 82 around tomatoes it's getting sort of you know it seems like middle of the line to kind of higher yeah. reviews. Um, maybe I just completely misread that. But I feel like you can portray someone who, you know, is the the effeminate man without going to, like, disability. You know, you could have just played well, him yeah, like a that, nerd. That almost, that almost seems like, I mean, to me, that almost seems like quite insulting to kind of go that route. And for, for the, if someone who, at least come from the perspective of someone who would have disability, like, why would you not bring that up as part of it why wouldn't you you know bring that up into the plot and this is like oh this character ha- is differently abled this is what they are and then kind of bring that in there why is it kind of thrown off as a bit of a toss away or and not really talked it about and str- like it's the so character, strange the characterization was strange to me and like maybe again i completely misread it and like maybe someone else sees it I didn't. I, I but how it, blatant were they with it? Is my question. Like, was it was it something where this is something you're picking up and questioning, or were they really blatant with like you're saying? Here's the toxic masculinity, and the other end of it is this kind of Casey is the guy. Casey, right? that's like, the okay. Yeah, so Casey. Casey is kind of in you know you're saying a little effeminate. Something different about him that you're not too sure about. Like, is it hinted that, or did you think it was so pretty obvious? The very first scene opens, and he's reading a newspaper or he's reading something and he's kind of sitting on his hands and he's slightly rocking back and forth sure which to me in like visually we wouldn't consider that someone who's like neurotypical right you know to see someone kind of 
rocking back and forth, very rigid. Um, and he continues to do that the whole opening scene. And someone, there's a there's a couple who's speaking about him in okay. French. Um, and he, there's, like, no emotion on his face. So, like, immediately I'm like, oh, he must something. And, again, maybe that's me yeah. being insensitive. But in terms of, like, visual culture. But those are cues. And social cues. Yeah. You think, oh, like, that's. And, and no, I, I don't know. I, I think you're I think you're approaching this from a good perspective. Because you're, you're an audience member who understands film. And those are how you would visually show something. Yeah, you know, if that's you wanted a tick. That. That's, yes. a, that's yeah. an abnormal. And I'm sorry that I'm using these sort of saying like normal and abnormal no, but in for the general public yeah. we would see something like that and be like oh that's an abnormal tick that sure. person is not and like not it's not a good or bad thing. no it's no we're not saying it's good seeing or bad, someone no. rock back and forward in a cafe you would you would be like oh that's unusual and then the next scene we see him sort of engage the next scene we see where he finally talks to someone the group of men who again are like you know the stereotypical bros in sure. the office sure. are talking about how they want to murder the boss right, right. and then he interjects completely um he want you can see he wants to be part of the conversation but he has completely misread the conversation he says oh i was just at the boss's house he's they're very it's a, they're such a nice family blah blah blah, blah. so again i'm like oh he must ha he must hmm. like that's again it's it was such abnormal behavior that you're like that's not just being like oh he mm -hmm. he's not it wasn't that he wasn't manly my first thought was oh he is atypical in terms of his like I forget the word we use now but he's not like there's something he's differently abled sure. at this point yeah. like i'm like because like the way well certainly the social cue thing would be a big thing because like, that that would be there's something... one thing from being a nerd and not being yeah. able to talk to yeah. bros to being like he completely, not having social cues he yeah. completely yeah. misread yeah. and then so those things kind of keep happening and you think but it, they're just using that as evidence that he's not quote unquote like a manly man yeah but i'm like that's, but that's not yeah that that's where i said like markers yeah of... and that that would be to me that would that would be insulting if i if i had if i had you know if i was differently abled in any way like it doesn't make somebody less of a man and if that's the point they're making i don't get it of, like 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 i'm trying to say like if you wanted to do like kind of the antithesis or like the complete opposite of the manly man you would just do kind of a stereotypical nerd sure yeah you know exactly like, that's a, he might like yeah. he might interject but he wouldn't have a nerd wouldn't have completely no. misread that a, conversation a, a nerd would understand this still understand the social cues but might you know might try to you know if asked about it, I might be like, well, no, he seemed nice. I don't really know. Like, not really participate. But they, what, what what you're describing seems like there is a huge character trait that they were showing and making a point to show, but not really talking about. Like, it wasn't like – it wasn't just that he wasn't – didn't know how to be a man. It was like he didn't know how to be act like a regular human. And I think that that's – Which to me is like – uh, <laughs> to me, to me, that that's that's interesting because so there was another conversation of a film that came. out. I think this was last year. Predator came out. Was that last summer or was that this summer? I don't remember. The new alien. The new like, yeah, it was called Pre the Predator. I think last summer. Okay, and I think Jacob Tremblay. I didn't see it, but but the conversation was about Jacob Tremblay's character who did have Aspergers. Like that was a big conversation throughout, and they basically like made it like oh no like what he has he has asperger's but that means he's wanted by these aliens and he can read their language and it means this and this and this and there were a lot of but there was actually backlash about it where people were like well hold on like you're just you're trying to put 
You're trying to put the someone who has Asperger's and saying like, oh no, like they behave like Asperger's, but this is actually what they right. have, which they were like, it no, no, actually, it's a real thing. It isn't actually, he doesn't actually have Asperger's. He's just some like alien yeah, life exa- form. Or yeah, like or something. The, I don't even know because I didn't see the movie. He has the ability. But it was an interesting conversation because I never thought of it from that perspective as people, as they should, are proud of who they are and, and, and what they are. And just because somebody, yeah, as, as you say, someone reads situations differently, has those quirks they still want to be represented the way they are so if you have a character who has those traits i just don't understand why that wasn't just part of it, i don't understand why they use that as like yeah, evidence what, that he wasn't masculine. yeah what, what's the point of that yeah and again maybe i just completely misread the situation of and i didn't i saw it with dan my boyfriend and i we didn't even bother discussing the movie after we saw it we were tired Dan completely shut down because there was animal violence. And if there's animal violence in a movie, Dan doesn't even want to engage with the film. So, and fair enough, like that's, you know, that's his (laughs) trigger. So whatever. But, um, yeah, like I don't, if someone else has seen it, please let me know. Did you read it the same way? Um, so that aside, that's like a huge thing that, that I kind of just was like, and you know, he kind of. He never like really loses those quirks. So, so, I really so it must don't... be a part of who he is in some capacity then. Like it must be. If he never loses it, then it, they, they, that must have been a very clear choice. Because you're not talking about something Either random Either the here. writer, the director, yeah. or Jesse Eisenberg Made thought that choice. we're going to make him yeah. whatever, you yeah. know. Um, the movie itself was pretty weird. Okay. I'm not going to lie. Um, it is a black comedy or – yeah. So I, I like – dark humor and i think i think if they had maybe made some different directorial choices i would have been more um on board with the movie um there was some really good funny moments um this the i didn't i didn't recognize any of the other actors aside from jesse eisenberg but pretty much everyone gives more or less like a solid performance. The sensei gives a pretty good, mm-hmm. you know, he goes pretty hard on being this hyper-masculine man. Um, I just was really thrown by the choices that Jesse, or like That's either, fair, though. either like his choices as an actor or the choices of the director or even the choices of the writer. Like that just like really kind of threw me. Um so, like, I feel like they could have made the movie exactly the same. And instead of Jesse Eisenberg, they just had Michael Sarah play Michael Sarah. Yeah, and the yeah. movie would have been, been the same. Yeah. So that, see, that that's interesting then of, like, what, what was that choice coming from? And if it was a caricature, that's not appropriate either. So it's kind of like the an movie's, odd... like, satire. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't really know what they were going. And I'll say it again, like... Hey guys, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Like, let me know. Yeah, if someone um, if someone's seen it and has insights we don't, or knows what's going, or, or like has some sort of insight, that would be great. I mean, I, you've you've intrigued me enough where I, I might want to watch this movie just to see what I think. To me, from this that. isn't a skip it. I wouldn't necessarily see it in theaters. Okay, I, it's like a stream it. It's a, I'm a pretty confident stream it. Okay, um, it's watch not it too long. I think it's like an hour and forty, hour forty five. Oh, that's not bad. Okay, and like I said, it has some pretty good moments. I think it takes place in the nineties. Again, there isn't like. There isn't like no a, <laughs> there isn't like a reason, but like just in terms of like the computers they use. And at one point there's a, vi- a camcorder. I'm like, oh, you know, it has to be the 90s. It's not present day. 
Um, so again, that was a stylistic choice they made. It's inter- it's interesting for a movie that's called like the art of self defense. It sounds to me like a lot of the stylistic choices and the artist choices were the things that were throwing you off. Not necessarily what was a hundred percent in the movie, but whatever these character choices were, maybe some poor direction choices, not really knowing time wise what was going on, some weird stylistic choices. It, I didn't mind that it took place in the nineties. It almost gave me like a Napoleon Dynamite vibe. Really? Interesting. Okay. You know how like Napoleon Dynamite like again, like if they had just Napoleon Dynamite's weird without me thinking that he's and I, I don't want pe- like I don't want to be offensive in my language. You know what I mean? Like, so by Napoleon Dynamite, you can tell, like, you never think, oh, is there something, does he have a disability? You know, you just take Napoleon Dynamite as he is, and he's kind of this quirky guy. But Napoleon Dynamite, to kind of go off what you're saying, never felt like he was being satirical or being a caricature of someone else that exists in the world. Like, he was just like, yeah, the... I've never met a Napoleon Dynamite. So, like, if it was more, if they had played it more like a Napoleon Dynamite, yeah. here's this I out of gone... worldly character you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the self, the whole thing about the karate was that the karate makes him more of a man. That's like the analogy yeah, like... <laughs> in the film. Okay. Or whatever. <laughs> this sounds like a very I don't know. Like, I, I, I'll be honest. Like, I don't movie. know. I like. It's hard for me to give you this review. No, like, no, and that's just again. I just, I just. Um, you know, I, I think that in a lot of the conversations we always have about movies, we bring up moments where you question the sensitivity of the person versus the film. Like maybe people are being too sensitive with something, but I don't think in what you're describing in yeah, this case, like, it's that. I think in this case, you might be describing something that is probably not good in terms of in terms of like yeah. how it, how it's potentially treating a, a large percentage of the population who doesn't deserve to be thrown into a satire or satirical thing like that. And also, you know, what it means to be a quote-unquote man. Like, that. those are two things that I find are really making me go, wait, what? I don't, I don't know. It was weird. I, I, when I left the theater, I, like, saw the face of someone. And sometimes I do this. I'll be like, oh, what did you think? But this time I, like, turned because the guy's face was, you know, like – Kind of like, eh. yeah, yeah. and I'm like, oh, that was a weird one, eh? And he's like, oh, yeah, it was weird. Like, <laughs> Well, I will say I look forward to streaming this in stream a couple it. months because I won't go to the theater now. And, and maybe in a couple months when I stream it, we might pick up this conversation again. And you can tell me if you got the same impression. Sure, definitely. And, and anyone else can, too, if, if you've watched it. We'd love to know. But it sounds interesting in terms of the approach they were taking. But I don't. From the what you're describing, I don't think I would particularly feel positive about it. I feel like I would have the same feelings you you would coming there out of it. It was a re- really weird yeah. choice. Okay. Well, there you go. So that's the <laughs> whoever's yeah. choice that was. <laughs> whoever's choice that was, it was a weird choice. Um, that's the art of self defense. It's a stream it for Taylor. But again, bring in, send in your comments. Uh, let us know. Uh, I would love. The thing is, like, it's such a. It's been so poorly marketed mm-hmm. and so poorly um advertised i'm almost like you know i don't even know who's gonna see this yeah. movie like even it, the screening yeah. room didn't promote it yes yeah. i haven't seen much so um please please write in and tell me what you think yeah because... and, and let us know if uh if you thought differently and again i think that we both agree and i i think you were very good at, at 
explaining everything, but we obviously don't want to offend anyone and don't want to take I'm that route. I'm trying to be really so, careful yeah, in my language. I think, Please know, you know that I wasn't trying to offend no, anyone. No, and I, or... I think you did a good job of it, but certainly let us know if you have a different perspective or if you... Uh, went in this movie and maybe know something we don't or had some some other connection to it please let us know we we'd love to hear the comment especially about a movie that that rubs you in a strange way and you're trying to figure out why i think that that's good to get other people's perspectives on for sure there you go so there you go it's a stream it uh don't rush out to see the art of self-defense um i i know that uh the art of is the thing that fascinated me because I think that's kind of an interesting way to approach a lot of topics is because the thing about art is you're carefully crafting something and you're bringing so much yourself in, but then it's so interpretable everywhere else. And I feel like life is like that a lot where the art of is is a saying I use a lot for certain things because sometimes I think no matter what you put into it, you, you sometimes come out of thing like in a movie, there's no wrong or right answers to whether or not a movie's good because everyone's perspective is going to be so different. There could be a universal conclusion, but that's it. So I find I find that to be interesting. What Do you know why it was called the art of self-defense? Like was that kind of touched upon? Maybe like the art of masculinity. They talk about like, you know, karate, kind of what we would, the general public who don't do karate, like what we laugh at when people are like, Karate. Same with like yoga people, right? Like oh, yeah, it's a absolutely. way of life. And oh, yeah. You don't just do karate. You are karate. And... I can't stand that. Yeah. So that's what the movie's <laughs> Especially about. With yoga. That's like how. Yeah. Like that's the like, and you know that's that's part of the humor in the sure, movie, right? Sure. That these people are taking this so seriously. Yeah. You know, he wants to wear his yellow belts. He he keeps saying in the movie like, I just wish I could wear my yellow belts even when I'm not in the gym. Like I feel so much more me when I'm wearing my yellow belts. Like just you know these kind of whatever. Personally, I didn't think too much about the title other than I thought it was kind of lazy. Like <laughs> yeah, the, sure. uh, Like for the love of cooking. Like yeah, it's like yeah, these like yeah. textbook titles, yeah. um, which maybe speaks to this movie that maybe you know. Like <laughs> sloppy yeah. title, yeah. sloppy, sloppy, sloppy movie. title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was kind of. I think they chose the art of self defense in the sense that it's that satirical, like mm. these people who like become their hobbies yeah, yeah. and you know yeah. they eat, breathe, sleep, karate. Like one of the characters calls it karate. Karate. See, that's the thing. And and hey, no, you know, people people find, I think a lot of joy and a lot of different things but i've never been one who who can be defined by one thing i i just have never been able to be like this is the one thing i do in this which i think is healthy yeah it means you're a well-rounded person and i think these guys in this movie aren't healthy no no like i'm not gonna give away the big twist although the big twist is pretty evident dan like (laughs) leaned over to me like 10 minutes into the movie and was like this is the twist and i'm like yep yeah i know i know i too identified the twist yeah yeah um but like there is sort of you know a twisty bit but i again i think most intellectual movie viewers will yeah be able to identify the twist but cool well there you go uh maybe skip that one (laughs) and wait till it comes out (laughs) and then talk we'll talk about it more it's something um, okay, now we're going to uh, see what's been going on in, in movie news, and we'll go right into Not a Great Plan. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener, Not a Great Plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, living legend, who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking 
anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella, you've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not a great plan. That's right, it's not a great plan, where we take a look at headlines and current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline. Kevin Smith is making a new He-Man cartoon for Netflix. Not a great plan. Interesting. Um, I didn't. I didn't grow up with He-Man. You're a little bit older than me, but not old I, enough. I that didn't watch He-Man. No, this I was an been, '80s yeah, cartoon. I was. I was. Yeah, I was born late in the '80s, so yeah. I would have just missed it. Um, I think the Cartoon Network used to show reruns of it. They're saying that this is a wholly original show. That focuses on unresolved storylines of the classic 80s era. So clearly not wholly original, considering no. <laughs> that they're focusing on unresolved storylines. No. <laughs> um, it, it, for all intents and purposes, it's a sequel. Netflix is not didn't use that language. You're seeing that a lot now, that for some reason, platforms and studios are very... Um, are almost like anxious in their language, the way they're describing these reboots. They don't want to call it a reboot. They no. don't want to call it a sequel. They don't want to call it, you know, whatever. But for the layman, for the regular person, this is a sequel. Um, you can call it, yeah. you, you know, a spade is a spade. And I again, there's nothing wrong with it if, it, if it's good, <laughs> right? Like this thing, as long as it's decent and like, you know whatever the fans of it or whatever get something out of it it's fine but again if it's just for the sake of content then that's and i kind of get the sense like everything else this recently i think this is a drive for content i mean i don't really know many people who are demanding more he-man i guess people who like you pointed out probably people who are a little bit older than me who would who would have grown up with it might be interested in watching it i have a cousin who's in his 40s he probably i i would peg him probably as someone who watched he-man yeah, growing yeah. up but again as a 40 year old man or you know is he gonna want to watch was, was he gonna want to watch it now is the question or yeah or, you know when when they reboot things that you liked as a kid are you hoping that other kids of this generation will like it. But the problem is those things are so dated that kids, I think, like different things now. Yeah, I don't know. And also um, another point. So the the show is going to be called Masters of the Universe yes. Revelation. Yeah. And I think Master of the Universe was like a tagline for He-Man originally. It was. Netflix is insisting on calling this an anime show, though it's being made by an American guy and an American studio. So, again, a little bit... So it's in the anime style, though? I guess that's what... I mean, what makes anime anime? Well, I you, think it's kind of weird. Usually from where it comes yeah, from. Yeah, that's, like, <laughs> like, that's, that's what, what the, I think about that's it. That's why the, um, <laughs> the article's like, well, it's the showrunner's American and the studio's American, so you can say it's anime style. style. But, um, but that's about it, yeah. Weirdly, or I guess not weirdly, because uh, tons of people like anime and mag- mag- manga. Netflix does have a lot of anime content, and and it looks like they're trying to grow their anime content. But it is very, very popular, so I get um, that. But, like, the original He-Man was not anime. No. It was just kind of traditional 80s. Yeah, it looked 80s, yeah. Um, so I didn't – in the article, they didn't show any stills or anything, so I don't know what the style looks like. Personally, I think it's weird they're referring it to it as yeah, anime. Yeah, like, why are they – yeah, that's kind of odd um, that they keep bringing that up. <laughs> 
so truth and time will tell on that one. Especially if it's unprompted. Like, they're just bringing they're like, it this up. Is an, this is it's our anime. new anime it's show. He-Man. Like, okay, nobody asked you. A sequel that's not a sequel. <laughs> yeah, no, one, no one's brought this up. Okay, well, yeah, there you weird. go. That's very <laughs> strange. Uh, what's the next headline? So this is a great, um, this is a little update. Oh, great. Jason Bloom says he's still hoping the hunt to be uh, released. Not a great plan. Sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry that I didn't read that very well, but um, so he's still hoping that they're going to release the film eventually. Yes. So Jason Bloom owns Bloom House, which is a production, which was the production studio that made the movie The Hunt, and I guess Universal was going to distribute it. I assume. Um. So as we noted yesterday, there was a lot of controversy yes. around the film. And so Universal decided to shelve the film for good. Yeah. They have yep. no intention of releasing the film. Whereas Jason Bloom, the, I guess his title would be studio head. Yeah, isn't he the head of Bloom He's the head House? of Bloomhouse. So yeah. I guess that would make him yeah, the, he's studio the studio head. Yeah. Um, he's saying that um, despite the poor marketing that was he he admits the marketing was a mistake, but that he still would like the still to see the film released. So I um, this kind of happened so quickly, like sha 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 sha, like you know what I mean, like the marketing, the marketing was canceled, then the film was canceled. Yeah, I wasn't really following the story very closely, um, but apparently, so the trailer. Did you watch the trailer? I did. So I haven't had a chance to watch the trailer yet. Trailer yet, but apparently it emphasized. Um, rich, and this is kind of quotes, bad rich liberals hunt good poor conservatives for sport. And that's kind of what the marketing was emphasizing. But I I would argue no more than The Purge did in The Purge's last couple films that was very political, like The Purge... um, Election year? Election year. I would say that that it reminded me of the second... First, I can't remember which one, but one of the trailers for The Purge. Well, this sounds like Get Out. You know, the, oh, very the you know, yeah, good, good liberals mm-hmm. and they think, you know, they think by not being their their non-racism actually makes them racist. If yeah, you yeah, haven't seen yeah. Get Out, that's kind of the yeah. they present. It's them, quite well done, actually, yeah. the way they do it. In that yeah, movie, like yeah. it's hard to describe, but essentially, you know, on paper, they look like good. Yeah. Good, rich liberals. Yeah. But in reality, but in they're reality, actually they're not, yeah. racist. So that seems like and that so. Bloomhouse did The Purge and mm-hmm. they did Get Out. Mm-hmm. So this seems very in line with Absolutely. their satirical horror Absolutely. that, you know. So I don't know. I feel like the f- marketing came out at a very bad time. Yes. The film is a victim of bad circumstance yeah. and bad timing. Yeah. Um, the, the description of this trailer, I agree with you. It sounds no different than any of the other films that they've been coming Honestly, out with. Honestly, if it wasn't for the timing... No one would have – this would have gone under the radar. This probably would have gone under the radar and we probably would have some line in Not a Great Plan somewhere that being like, this film bombed even though it was good or whatever. This film bombed because it's it's just the You and I might have gone to it and been like, oh, we really liked it. But it's pretty much a purge rip. That would have been our comment on it. So um, again, like how – it sounded like – I don't know the logistics. It well, Universal like, would be the distributor. Yeah. So they can can't saying we're not going to distribute this, which means without that money, Bloomhouse, which relies on distributors because of their a smaller you yeah know, so company. And I assume now the Universal owns the rights to it, right? Probably. So it's not like it's not like they can shop no. it around again. No, and they would only be able to do that if they could get out of the contract and maybe have a certain amount of time. Often movies have a time point where it's like you have to release it within five years or the rights go back to whoever. 
So maybe, you know, five years from now. I mean, if anything, all the controversy makes me want to see it more. And I would love to see these rich liberals hunt poor conservatives for sport. I think that sounds hilarious. And it kind of it kind of reminds me a little bit of the interview when the North Korea threat happened. Yeah, and they and canceled, they the, canceled movie, that and movie and then they, and then they threw it on YouTube. <laughs> so, and like, you know, I again, I think that it's like, yeah, I, I agree with the timing thing. Like, I, I think we talked about this before. Like. I would have pushed the movie back. Sure, just I would have been like, fall give it a fall release. Hey, lots of tragedies just happen. The news cycle is so quick. Exactly, whatever. and there's a lot of political heat here. Let's push it back. And then nobody, I don't think, a single person would have noticed. I don't know, but there that's you your update for there's, the hunt. There's the hunt update. No, Jesse Smollett update. Unpro- unfortunately, no. No, he's not doing anything. <laughs> um, okay, what's the next headline? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is latest to dunk on Quentin Tarantino's vision of his friend Bruce Lee. Not a great plan. I thought you were going to say he's joined the cast of Space Jam 2. <laughs> Wait, latest to junk on, on Space Jam 2. Um, okay, so. That would have been punny. Yeah, no. yeah. Well, I guess it is a pun because he's a basketball, he's a basketball player, player and he dunked. He dunked. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he's dunking on That's the a, Quentin Tarantino. Whoever, good, good writing, yeah, AV very Club. Good. Very good writing there. I thought it was a Space Jam 2 thing. But okay, so another, another person coming to, I guess, to the defense of Bruce Lee. Yeah, so apparently, um, for people who haven't seen Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet, Bruce Lee kind of has a very iconic scene with one of the characters. Now, of course, it's played by a different actor. Oh, Bruce yeah, Lee. sorry. Yeah, He's yeah. passed away yes. a long time ago. Yeah. Um, tragically. Um, so in this scene, I'm not giving any, this isn't a spoiler, it but is not. he. Um, Most of it's in the trailer. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, it essentially is in the trailer. He kind of, like, more or less picks a fight with Brad Pitt's character. Yes. And kind whatever. of aggressively too. Aggressively. And he like comes off as kind of a dick. Yeah. Um for like comedic value. So I saw um a headline, I think maybe last week. His daughter Shannon took offense to the betrayal. Um and I think there was some other I think maybe um I think maybe reviews are kind of critiquing yes. this now. Oh, yes. But, um, it's one of the bigger ones that people yeah. are poking at, actually. So Abdul-Jabbar was actually um, a close friend of Bruce Lee mm-hmm. as well as one of his students. Um, and he said the portrayal was sloppy and somewhat racist. And he said that it was a pretty one-dimensional it was. portrayal of Bruce Lee. Um, like I said, Lee's daughter Shannon also took offense, uh, particularly with how um, he's shown picking a fight with a stranger. And which, that's what yeah, um, which also, Abdul, uh, Abdul Jabbar is upset about. That is the thing that, not that in any case, a stereotypical representation of a person and a wrong representation of a person is not right, especially when, you know, in, really in any scenario. But to me, what I don't understand is why that had no purpose, right? Because I could see an artist, because just I'm looking at it literally perspective of an artist. If I was a director or a writer, I have to have this Bruce Lee thing in here. It has to go this way because of so this. Because he's so cool. Because he's so cool and I love Bruce Lee and I need to have him do this because he's this important part of my movie. That would be different because then I would be like, okay, like he maybe Quentin Tarantino misstepped, but clearly it's coming from a place of passion. It's a pop point. He, there was no, you could have taken that out of the movie and have lost and gained nothing. And the movie would have been shorter. Yeah, uh. there was nothing. There was literally no purpose to that scene. The only thing I could think of is for, for the ending, they wanted to once again reiterate that Brad Pitt knew how to fight and that he was very strong. But the implication but that, that he killed his wife was enough to know that well, he was Well, again, you could also have taken that out. And it's still, you can show it in another way. I think Brad Pitt is 
big enough muscle wise that you can look at him and go, he'd probably be all right. (laughs) You know, like I don't see why you have to do those little things. Especially considering that it wasn't like, it's one thing if that was like an authentic portrayal. Like Bruce Lee was scrappy and was picking fights. So Abdul-Jabbar says he was often with Lee in public and, you know, strangers would come up to Lee and say, fight me. And Lee would always politely decline and leave away, uh, go away. And he made the, in this article, Abdul-Jabbar said that he felt like he never had to prove himself. Like he never, you know, like he he was confident in his abilities and he felt that the real fight was on screen trying to create more opportunities for Asians. That was stereotypical. That's why he went to Hollywood. That's why he went to Hollywood in the first place. The fact that, you know, in... Abdul-Jabbar said it was racist, the portrayal, because it shows this kind of uppity Chinese guy feeling mm-hmm. like he needs to prove himself mm-hmm. to a white audience. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, and he still loses to the white man. Yeah. So, I mean, to be honest, I didn't do a lot of unpacking in that scene. But having read these comments and also hearing that his daughter Shannon was offended, it really makes you – it made me reassess the scene. And you're right when you think about it. It served no plot point. It really was comedic relief. And so, to me, the comedic relief amplifies sort of the racist... And and to me, honestly, so so was the the comment about whether or not Brad Pitt's character may or may not have probably did kill his wife. Like, it it was... I guess they're trying to show character things. But, again, I just thought they were throwaway things to show acts of violence for humor. But, like, violence against women and violence against other people is not funny. Well, it's Quentin Tarantino, and he always has no problem showing violence against women. No, no, like, but again, he's like, also thrown. But he's also thrown a woman in a in a heroine role where all she has to do is get um, get revenge and takes it on herself and doesn't need anyone else to do it. So he's also done that. So that's what to me is know. weird. He seems like it. Honestly, again, he seems like he's 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 over here and he's over there with with all he his things. Yeah, maybe. he's he's sometimes super conservative and actually like pretty down to earth with his films and then sometimes it's outrageous sometimes he seems to be very liberal and very like at times he can he can be sensitive to things and then also just throws it away i don't understand it it doesn't this movie the more i think about it this movie confuses me more and more his inconsistency in my yeah. opinion proves that he's not as great of a filmmaker as people think he is. i think you have a point there <laughs> i think you um, I, I think you, i honestly think you have a point there so, about his inconsistency but you know um like you said it's very difficult to portray real people. Yes. Um, I think also when you're portraying icons like Bruce Lee, he did so much for Asian yeah. for Asian portrayal on screen and he was a phenomenal athlete. Um, you know right, like in terms of sort of that yeah. martial arts and stuff. I I would that would saying he's an athlete's an appropriate yeah. description. Oh, he, he, well, he was an athlete, yeah. And um, I, what I don't understand is like did Quentin Tarantino ever meet Bruce Lee? Bruce Lee passed away while Brandon Lee, his son, died in the 90s. And by that point, his father had been dead for a very long time. So I think he died maybe in the late 70s or early 80s. Because I question whether – like, I don't know. I just feel like if you're going to write about a character who existed – don't you need to have some sort of sense of who that person was? I know it's I know it's supposed to be fiction, but this is the inconsistency that I'm not a fan of. And again, it's very different than Inglorious Bastards. You have to understand that's very different. Everyone out there has to know those these two movies are not comparable because the ending doesn't. It takes a real event that happened and flipped it on its head. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm really torn. I I've seen some 
articles that say like he was doing a service to Shannon Tate. I personally don't buy that. In, argument. in what way? I don't understand I don't what think, that argument would even be. You know, I saw one like one girl in my office was talking about how you know Shannon Tate in her life was um, hounded as a sex symbol and she wanted to be acknowledged as an actress. So um, Quentin Tarantino's portrayal gave her more than that. But like. I feel like the way he used the camera, he was still objectifying her. Like, the long shots of her feet. Everyone knows that Tarantino has a foot fetish. That So that shot of her feet has sexual connotations. He's objectifying her. And, and it also, again, was completely random and at a place where everyone knows that that's only reason why it's in the film is because of his obsession. So right? you can like, say, like, oh, I'm that. not – I didn't objectify her, but you did because we all know you have a foot fetish. Yeah. And it's different <laughs> because someone pointed out, well, you know, the, the foot thing in the first Kill Bill movie is longer. The point of that shot is she's trying to move her toe because she thinks she's paralyzed. been paralyzed. What was the point of her putting her feet up in the cinema and sticking on a, a, a shot on her Very feet? dirty beach feet on the – I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not – people on the show know I'm not – I'm never going to defend Tarantino. I'm never going to defend his artistic choices. I think they're inconsistent. Um, I think he relies a lot on sort of film um, trivia and film history and knowledge, um, kind of banking on people not yeah. being as familiar with film as yeah. he is when yeah. it's like actually we know what you're doing and you're not. Yeah. Like yeah, so for instance his portrayal yeah. of Bruce Lee, it's like yeah. – they're like other people are also quote unquote he claims he's a fan of Bruce Lee, yeah. but that portrayal definitely was not I wouldn't think that's from a fan though. Um so I don't know. <laughs> Very strange as it continues. Okay, we got one more headline. Yep. Elvis Presley ain't nothing but a hound dog and a super spy, apparently, in new animated series. Not a great plan. What? Yeah, I know. This, <laughs> What's this? <laughs> the, so they're trying to make a plane. You know the song like, I ain't nothing but a hound sure. dog. Sure. So they're saying he's not actually a hound dog in this new this new animated series. He's playing a super spy. So it's going to be- Elvis? Elvis Presley, it's the gonna singer. Be a, is, oh, the singer. Yeah. Is Elvis going Presley. to be a character in some TV show. Yes. Where he's an undercover something. Yeah. So <laughs> the character, so this is going to be a new- adult animated okay. series on netflix yeah it was co-created by elvis presley's widow priscilla presley and um someone by the name of john eddy i don't know if he um, works in animation but the two of them have co-created this series so elvis the, the main character is elvis and he's exactly as you think elvis is he's the singer elvis presley <laughs> okay <laughs> and he gets recruited by i assume the united states government as a covert spy so the television show or the animated show is about him being both Elvis Presley, the singer, mm -hmm. while also having a secret career as a super spy. I know you said you assume the American government, but wouldn't it be amazing if it was the Soviet government? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I would watch no, that way I mean, more if he was the undercover Soviet spy the whole time. This show sounds so weird. <laughs> oh, it sounds... I'm probably going to watch <laughs> Yeah, it. that's the thing. Like, I agree. This is not a great plan, but I'm probably going to watch this. Not a great <laughs> because plan. I just want to see what this is. So not a great plan <laughs> that it becomes an amazing plan. Priscilla Presley says, like, and she knows she would have known Elvis very well. They were married. They have a child together. Um, she said, you know, Elvis, since he was a little boy, wanted to sort of be a superhero, wanted to, mm. you know, save the world, blah, blah, blah. So she's like, now he can, you know, his legacy, he can do that on. <laughs> That's just so funny. Um, 
<laughs> I, it's going to be a big year for Elvis. There was recently just a documentary about him that yep. came out. Yep. And um, Baz Laberman, whatever, the guy who did it. Baz Lerman? Yeah. He's doing um, a biopic. I heard about the biopic. I didn't know he was directing it, though. Yeah, he's he's the one who's involved with that biopic. So it's a big year for Elvis. Um, I don't know when we're going to see that Baz biopic. Um, his movies are pretty opulent, so I don't know when it's slated to be released. His movies take a while. Um, but it's the year of Elvis, apparently. Um, this is so strange. Elvis the super spy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and again, I mean, yeah, I guess his widow would know. You know, this she, is what he always wanted. He loved this. She's an entrepreneur. Like, she is not hurting for money. Like, when you look up her, her net worth, she is a very comfortably rich woman. So, so she doesn't have to do this. She, no, she doesn't. Like, <laughs> she, like, she's the sole, I'm pretty sure her, like, I think now her daughter has some rights, but she's, like, the sole heir to Graceland's fortune. So she's the one, like... Anytime there's any sort of connection to Elvis, she's the one who's getting the royalties. Like, she, like, you know what I mean? Like, she's the, she's profiting from Elvis's image now, right? So, there's no way that she, like, oh, I need to pay yeah. my back taxes. And, and that gonna... makes me even now more interested. Like, this is, a, like, it sounds like it's almost a passion project. When I... Like I, I used to be like a really big Joss Whedon fan, like mm. Buffy and Angels and stuff. So when the first Avengers movie came out and then they did like – he did like Cabin in the Woods whatever and he's not – clearly not hurting for money and then did this little much ado about nothing black and white movie. Right. The only reason why I went to see it is he was on vacation and just had this idea and why was not? like, I need to do this. And that fascinates me. Like if she's yeah. not hurting for money and is like, I have this great idea, that makes me think I mean, that, you know. Google, I think we have time. Google real quick Priscilla Presley's net worth. Okay. You uh, talk. So <laughs> I remember like researching this. I don't know. I think I was, Priscilla Presley is kind of, she is pretty iconic aesthetically Oops. in terms of the 60s. And I think just out of curiosity i googled her biography one day she herself has had a super interesting life would love to um net worth of 150 million dollars so that is okay <laughs> she is doing okay for herself wow yep yep uh you can you can live off that with your family so sure. i would love to see a biography about her early life with elvis yeah um i think she was like 14 when they met wow. and she was going to an all girls Catholic boarding school and her parents like had to chaperone their dates. Wow. And just like, I weird. wish just like one of those, like that would never, ha well, it I would happen. love if that happened now. I would love nothing more to than meet a go 14 year old girl. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, wait, we got to, I know I we're almost it. out of time. I, I got it. No, no, no. Let me explain to, to chaperone dates and stuff, because oh, yeah. I, I do way better with parents than the girls I'm dating. So I, I actually think that I would do You wanted well. an Elvis situation. Do yourself a favor and read about Priscilla Presley. I will. That sounds very interesting. And Elvis actually, as far as I know, wasn't in love with her. But was kind of his manager set him up with her because he thought it would be better for his image. So Interesting. Priscilla was in love with him, but Elvis was in love with another woman, but wasn't allowed to marry her because of his manager. Interesting. So I would love to see that movie. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Well, there you go. I mean, that sounds it could be not a great plan or it could be good. We don't know. Truth and um, but there you go. That's the episode for today. We've run out of time and I think it went very, very well. So we did it. <laughs> go see some movies. <laughs>